0: coming to you from the Eon Project Studios overlooking the vast pristine acreage of Primrose Village greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley you're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay Ola Hey there Jay hey what's
1: up friend hey you know I was uh you were talking about the uh, the the pristine acreage of Primrose Village yes i was on my way over here this morning mm. uh to and, and you know you have to you have to pass through the dark forests of Yeah of uh, northern New England or southern to, New England, you have to
0: find your way through the emerald emerald forests. And it was of like this area. you know,
1: it's it's a little misty this morning. Mm. And uh, as I was driving through the dark dark forest, I kept thinking I was going to run into a Sasquatch. Ooh, you know, we should do
0: a show on Sasquatch. That would day. be uh, would be interesting. You know, Rhode Island's claim to fame was the for a while it was the only state that did not have a, a recorded Bigfoot sighting. Yeah, and then that happened uh, recently within the past few years. Supposedly, uh, well, you know, th- somebody <laughs> saw one. We take that with a grain of salt because we
1: know that there's some people who just create this stuff out of whole cloth. Mm. You like that term, whole cloth?
0: Whole cl- cl- whole I make this out of cloth? whole cloth. What is the what is the phenomenon recently? Uh, uh, it's exploded as of you know the the explosion of the social media exploded of the explosions. and the camera phones. Yeah, which would be the the selfie. Oh yes, the selfie. Now I remember as a youth. You know, selfies are nothing new. People have been taking selfies as long as there's been cameras. Sure. But now it seems as though everyone has to take the selfie and you have people that need to be on selfie probation because they take way too many selfies. Well, you have to wonder at some point. Why do you take so many pictures of yourself? Yeah. Do you do you assume that
1: everybody wants to see you that often, mm. or maybe it's perhaps a desperate plea for attention of some
0: kind? But not only that, they they put these uh, these camera filters on. Yes they and it do. tricks people into thinking that how they, they look differently. And then you and then you see them in real life, and you go. You don't look anything like your pictures. Mm. So, with that said, the Eon Project, I don't know if you've been following us on Facebook, but uh, Mike and I are going to do a, 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 a weekly selfie uh, post <laughs> starting today. Oh. Uh, whatever today is. It is it a
1: selfie of both of us or
0: individually? No, nope, It's going to be you and I and a group. A uh, It would be a selfie then. It would be a dually, apparently. Oh, is that what they call it? I don't know. Two people in a selfie? I, no, I thought it was selfie no matter how many people were in the a, picture. A dual selfie. Dually. How's that? Okay. All right. So, what are we? We're gonna do something today.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do that later. All
0: right. What was? What do we talk about? Oh, so last. Week? So last
1: week we talked about mysterious places. Mm. Uh, we went around the world. We went to Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. We went to Florida. Florida? Hungary and Florida about the same. Kind of. Uh, and then we went to a few other places. We talked about some mysterious places. Uh, we talked about uh, my underwear drawer uh, and how it was mysterious. How mysterious and uh, awful and, and actually and, and booby trapped. Mm. And we we talked about some other things today to tease the topic for today. We're gonna be talking about mysterious murders Ooh. unsolved unsolved deaths well not just that not just unsolved but i think all of the things that we're going to talk about today have some sort of creep factor to them that make them um a little bit more interesting mm. uh and creepy and you know you look at them some of them are well known some of them you may not have heard before yeah
0: definitely not so it should be a good show it should be uh it should be quite interesting
1: you know i, I also my way over here yes you ever you ever listening? You ever been listening to the radio, and then you hear a, a radio jingle yep. for a business, mm. right? And the radio jingle—it's uh, in a song form, as they typically are. Sure. And they try to force something that is not melodically pleasant, yep. into the jingle. Yes.
0: To make it an exa- sound an example. Yeah. You mean
1: an example would be you know okay let's it's a it's a tune and it's going like this yeah. come to Gustavo's taxidermy. And you're like. <laughs> Gustavo's oh. taxidermy. Yes. You know,
0: if you have a name that sounds like that you have to force it into a jingle. That reminds me of that reminds me of uh you know, there's a local a, a local area here called Block Island. Oh yes. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Block Island, yes. It's out in the ocean. It's a it's a uh, it's a little it's a summer getaway for people. I've never been. And there's a jingle that comes across the radio during the summer months. Yes. Uh you know, trying to get people to come down there. <laughs> and uh it's a guy and he's singing calypso music. It's a guy maybe, or a maybe girl? It's a, maybe it's a girl. I think it's a girl. And they're like Come away on the Black Island Ferry, and they send try to away calyp- to Black Island. They try to calypso it and out. And there's like a steel drum going. Yeah. Do, 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 it's like, do, do, do. you're not going to the Caribbean, you're going out into the... Uh, you're going to New England waters. New England, the Atlantic, where the they cold are cold Atlantic waters They that are, are yes. uh, taken over by sea creatures and things. If you, just, if you use that Shakespearean accent on anything, it makes it sound
1: more <laughs> foreboding. Absolutely. Anyway, how was so, your Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving was uh, uneventful. I did drink a, an enormous amount of wine. Mm, I'm not did. a wine drinker. You did? Did you drink it in a fluted glass or a tall wine glass? No, just a regular, a regular run-of-the-mill wine glass. Like a long stemmed glass. You know what I found out? What? That after you drink red wine, uh, if you drink a lot of red wine, mm. when you go to the bathroom the next day, no, not good. Not good. Uh, it's lot, like hot tar. It seems like everything comes out. Um, of the red wine, and you get nervous about
0: it because you're not—you don't remember you don't what you're, happened, and you, you don't look, know if you're, you're dying. Like, oh my god! Yeah. Why is it black? I don't know. Anyway, but I heard if you drink wine, out of the the longer the stem, mm-hmm. the more sophisticated you are. Oh, is that true? Mm. It just makes you more sophisticated. Yep. Doesn't make your bowel movements
1: any less no. Uh, disgusting. That's definitely not. Anyway, okay. So this week we're gonna talk about some mysterious deaths. We're gonna go around the world where uh, We're going to hear about these things, and hopefully you've heard about some of them. Hopefully you have not heard of others, because uh, we find them to be exceedingly interesting. So anyway, have you ever been to Rio de Janeiro? Twice last year. Did we talk about Rio de Janeiro before? No. We have not. I don't think so. It's in Brazil. Mm, Brazil. Where the uh, do you know the national uh, do you know the national language of Brazil, sir? It's Portuguese. That's correct. It is Portuguese. Mm. I wonder why that is. Probably because Portuguese uh, it,
0: explorers. That's correct. Visited the area. That's right. Long ago. Yes, and there are a lot of plump and bronzed women there. Plump? They're not plump. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that.
1: Anyway, so there's <laughs> so there's a uh, there's a lot of weird things that happen in Rio de Janeiro, mm. but very few. Are as strange as what happened on August seventeenth,
0: nineteen sixty-six. Oh, what were you doing? Um, I was uh, I was crocheting a pair of um, ladies' slippers mm. and uh, wearing nothing but a, a bowler hat. That's probably correct. Yep. Anyway, August seventeenth, nineteen sixty-six. Some weirdness
1: happened near Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Two electronics repairmen from Campos dos Goytacazes. Don't ask me to say that Oh, again. the 60s electronics Brazilian repairman. Two electronics repairmen left town saying they were going to buy supplies for work and a car. Oh, it was a big spending day. They supposedly had a lot of money with them to mm-hmm. buy this car, and some people had seen them. And, you know, this th- these, these whereabouts have been confirmed. Okay. We're going to get that in a moment. So this is what they were going to do. So the men, Miguel Jose Viana mm-hmm. and Manuel Pereira de Cruz. Oh, good accent. Later stopped by at a bar to get a bottle of water. So this oh, is, I I don't believe this story already. Yep, nineteen sixty six, they got a bottle of water and it was a uh, and it, it the bottle of water becomes important later. Did they even sell bottles of water in
0: nineteen sixty six? As a matter of fact,
1: that's a great question, and I thought of the same thing. It was it was it was it was a glass bottle. Like a and, Perrier. Yeah, and they were supposed ah. to bring it back.
0: Oh, like so, a returnable one. Yeah, it was like a returnable. Yeah. They
1: didn't have the plastic bottles I back see. then, nineteen sixty six. So the men they bought a bottle of water, and the bartender later said that Miguel appeared to be in a hurry and he was frequently checking his watch. Hmm you know, he's in a hurry. You know, you always keep looking yep. at your watch. Nowadays, people look at their phones. Yep. So that was the last anyone saw of the pair alive. Ooh. Three days later, Jorge de Costa Alves found the bodies of the men on nearby Vientum Hill in Rio de Janeiro. Now, here's where it gets weird. Okay. Both men were dressed in suits, which is, you know, not entirely but, weird. Okay. Well, they were they wearing suits earlier?
0: When people yeah, saw they, were, they were in suits at oh, the bar. Were. Okay.
1: Yep. But they were found on a hill. So like in a wooded, like in a wooded area. So they're well-dressed electricians. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were also both wearing waterproof coats, like raincoats, Ooh. but it was not raining. Okay. Okay. They both, here's where it becomes bizarre. Both had lead eye masks with no holes on their faces so. as, as one would wear uh, to protect them from radiation. Oh. So like, you know, like a lead yes. You know, to cover your face, yep. you know, that sort of thing. And uh, they didn't have eye holes. So when you have it on, you can't see. Of course not. Also, there was an empty water bottle, again, the water bottle, two towels, and a notebook. The notebook contained some cryptic messages in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Translated, here's what the messages said. 1630, again, this is this is military time. Uh, they're using military time, which you use, you know, a lot of people don't know why you use military time. People use military time uh, because of precision. Exactly. So that you can know exactly what time it is. You and- can't confuse 2 a.m. with nope. 2 p.m. That's right. So anyway, here's what the notebook said. 16:30, be at agreed place. 18:30, swallow capsules. <laughs> After effect, protect metals, wait for mask signal. What, what, what do go- you make of that? What is going on here? I don't know. So you're probably asking yourself, mm. how were they killed? Or how were they died? How did they die? How did these two people die? I am actually. As to the cause of death, it has never been determined. They couldn't figure out what killed them? No, no signs of trauma which would indicate some kind of like a poisoning or some sure. sort of natural event or something or unnatural event. Um, and also, given the fact that they wrote swallow capsules in their notebook. Yeah. Would indicate that they had po- had been, you know, poisoned so, like or or something. Is cyanide traceable, like if you ingested it? Well, here's the thing. They would normally have done a toxicology report, but no toxicology report was performed because evidently someone lost their internal organs. So someone at the Rio de Janeiro uh, coroner's office. Yep. Lost the organs. I hope they didn't make their way into the local uh, food chain.
0: Well, it's like when they, they lost the brain of John F. Kennedy. That's they correct. They never found that.
1: Yeah, that was just lost, I'm sure. That had nothing to do with nope, anything. nothing. So let's examine the evidence found. And I want your opinion on this. Okay. We're, we're going to try and solve this
0: mystery. The men were wearing suits. Suits? What kind of suits? Like, uh, like, uh, like business suits. Oh. So maybe they were meeting someone? Yep. yep. They were wearing ring gear. But you said they had a large
1: sum of money as well. That's correct. They ah. did have a large sum of money. Uh... They were found wearing raincoats. Why? They were found with two towels. What are that? What's the towel? What are the towels for? Well, they were hanging out by the hotel pool. Okay. After the bodies were discovered, some interesting facts began to emerge about the men, and this is where it kind of leads right into our show. Oh, okay. How we, why we do this show? Yes. Supposedly, these two men were UFO and paranormal enthusiasts. Oh, so they were into the uh, esoteric. Yes. So maybe they were trying to conduct some kind of experiment. <laughs> Uh, you know, like
0: summoning a UFO,
1: exactly like <laughs> summoning a UFO. You just did you look at my notes? No, that's I, on my note. I'm sorry, I'm just intelligent. Like they're trying to summon a UFO of some kind. The victims were said to be both, uh, to be very intrigued by mysteries of flying saucers and they researched them extensively and supposedly had even built a small laboratory for the purpose of studying UFO phenomenon, or in America, a laboratory. Laboratory, also. Vientum Hill, had been where they were found, had been somewhat something of a UFO hotspot with strange hovering craft being seen on a regular basis by the townsfolk. Yes. Some even say that in the very day that the two men went missing, there were a lot of UFO sightings in the area. Mm -hmm. So what happened to these dudes? Also, well,
0: you pointed out, the money that supposedly they had was gone. It was gone. Okay. They spent it on lead masks. What do you think happened? I think that uh, they went out for a secret... uh, Uh, Brazilian sexual adventure. Love love tryst? Yep. Okay. And uh, they get caught up in some weird uh, secret triangle of love. You know what I think? What? I think somebody probably fed them a a story about
1: Mm -hmm. um, a series of tasks that they needed to accomplish for some sort of goal, whether it was to see a UFO or or to uh, engage in time travel or something stupid like that, because they knew that they had money and they were dumb. Yep. And they led them up there, uh, led them to
0: take poison and then stole their money
1: if I had to guess that's probably what
0: happened that's kind of a, it's kind of an intricate uh, way to go about stealing someone's money though yeah no? but if
1: you know somebody has a lot of money they're into UFOs maybe they're very gullible uh you know you, it wouldn't be so hard to construct a story that would lead someone to mm. to do these things. Stu- maybe they told them if you take these pills you put this lead mask on the UFO will land and you can go on there you can go to another planet you can uh it
0: have- would take a
1: lot of uh, thought and preparation on the part of the perpetrator though you yeah, know. but they made it. They made off with a lot of money.
0: Mm, how and, much money?
1: Well, they didn't say. Okay, they didn't say exactly how much money. But the case is still unsolved to this day. Nobody knows what, what killed the men. Nobody knows. Nope. What happened to the men?
0: They were. They did they have a funeral? Did they bury them? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get to that part. Oh, I don't know what happened to them. So more. that was a that was the mysterious death of the the, uh, the two Portuguese, the, Brazilians, the lead mask mystery is what they call it. Oh. Well, that is interesting, yeah. uh, and, and we'll never know, because it happened so long ago, 50 years ago, if you will. Yes. 51 years ago. hmm Yeah. No, time goes by so fast. Doesn't it? You're getting old. You know, I was just thinking that the other day. I am getting old. You know what, though? You got to do what I'm doing. What are you doing? You got you to gotta get out there. I don't know if you do this or not. You got to get out there. You got to be active. Mm. You got to go back into the gym. I've tried doing that. I'm trying to set personal bests when it comes to uh, weightlifting at an old age, and uh, yeah, I've been running a lot. Be careful you don't drop it on yourself. Actually, I did last week. Really? Actually, what's today? No, it was Sunday. My son and I went to the gym. I took him with me. Okay. Uh, he's a little guy, but uh, he comes anyway. And uh, I was lifting some weights, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go for a new personal best. Uh, over the age of 40, I should say. And when you, I was younger, I could lift a lot more. But. You, you wanted him to, to, to uh, spot you, did you? So I put a bunch of weights on the uh, the barbell, and I get down there for the old bench press, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, it can be a dangerous uh, a dangerous exercise. Sure. So I told my son to stand over me. And if <laughs> What's I started, he going to do? Wave his I hands? If I start <laughs> to struggle, pull on the bar as hard as you possibly can. You know, that was probably a poor plan now that it was. was. So I, uh, I, I went ahead and I lifted the bar off, and I started to lower it towards my chest. Mm-hmm. Got to the uh, bottom. And realized I was going to struggle getting it up. Mm. So I started putting it up. I've heard that about you. <laughs> I got it about halfway, and then I uh, my eyes began bulging out of my head, and I had my son try to help me. He could not help me. I'm sure he couldn't help you because he's nope. a young man, nope. and he's a slight of build. He couldn't he couldn't get it up, so I, uh, I had to put it back down <laughs> out of my chest. I cleared him out of the way. <laughs> I told him to run to the other side of the gym. Run! Daddy's about I, uh, to pass away. I went I went hard left and hard right and dumped the weights you everywhere. You dumped the weights, did you? Oh. oh, that's gotta be embarrassing. It was embarrassing, but uh You're not gonna reveal how much weight
1: was on the bar. Um No, I wouldn't do that. No. no I wouldn't do that. So it was a bar with a couple small Did it have it? like ten
0: pound weights yep, on yep, it? That's it. Wow. So it was scary. Well, thank you for that extra special little glimpse into your life. Well, speaking of scary, we're gonna get into the next topic if I will. Sure. If you may, if you will. No, you will. So this one is interesting because, you know, I I, I uh you know, I like to think that I've Heard a lot about the different things around the world and different murders and things and mysterious things that have happened. But this one I've never heard of, and I don't know why. Hmm. And it should be more uh, talked about, I think, and brought to the... uh, That's why we're talking about it today. To the forefront. It actually has two names. It's called, uh, well, the gentleman, they gave him the moniker, the Cleveland Torso Murderer. Ooh. Cleveland Torso the Murderer. Torso Murderer. Yes. Ew. Doesn't that sound ominous? That sounds gross. How did not make a movie about this? They probably have. But he's also known as the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. See, that's better. That sounds like more that. like an English killer. That's exactly what I was thinking. That killer. sounds like an English killer. It is the Mad Butcher of he Kingsbury was on. Run. He was near the River Thames. He was near the river. He would take people into the darkness and cut them up into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. That was bad? Yeah. Oh, so anyway, uh, who was he and what did he do? I don't know. He was an unidentified serial killer who killed and dismembered at least twelve victims in the Cleveland area. Cleveland in the 1930s. Well, you know I've been to Cleveland, and it can drive anyone to want to kill someone. You know uh, I love I love the people of Ohio. Uh, Cleveland is not a nice city. No, it's dirty and ugly. I it drove is. through there. I drove uh, I drove past the uh, the Great Lake there. It's full of mean people too. And uh, through the I drove through the heart of Cleveland during rush hour traffic one time. Why'd you do that? And my car began to overheat. <laughs> I got nervous. I thought I was going to die in the midst of Cleveland, but uh, I made it through. You made it because you're here today. I did. So what did he do? Well, he killed a bunch of people and he dismembered them. So oh. basically, the, his official number of murders attributed to him uh, is 12. However, there are other victims that they think uh, may, ha- it may have gone up as high as 20 or even more, and they were killed between the years of 1935 and 1938. And I don't know why, but the but the but the 20s and 30s well, are a creepy decade. Well, let me uh, ask you decades. this, and uh,
1: you probably won't get to this later, but you know, people people tend to think and believe that we live in an age now of extreme depravity, where people do things, you know, disgusting things that have never been done. But it's all been done before. It's been done. It's just it's just you haven't heard about it, or it was happened too long ago, or whatever. But people people have been that's right
0: weirdos forever. Absolutely. So the victims of this. This uh, torso murderer, usually drifters, and as we all know, drifters make the easiest uh, targets, like, like really. hobos. Hobos. We talked about hobos before. And hobo beans, eating beans on the train. Nope. Uh, nobody really cares much about the hobo. I like hobos. I think they're cool. You know, that's why you know they, a lot of them. They kill the hookers mm. and uh, easy targets. What was that? Some strange Thanksgiving banging. coming back uh, to haunt us. It wasn't me. Oh. So you made a yummy sound. There were only uh, a few exceptions. There were a couple of people who were considered, uh, you know, working class, working poor folks uh, of the Cleveland flats and the shanty towns. All the shanties! The ramshackle shanty towns people in the area. Go back to your shanties. And of course, you know, being that it was the depression and all, uh, it wasn't. Everybody a, was depressed. It was depressed. There wasn't a lot of uh, work going around. Sure. And uh, so there were a lot of there were a lot of victims to be had. So the torso murder, he always basically beheaded. And often dismembered well, we his victims. We talked about it before. It's D-headed. Yeah, you're, you're removing someone's head. It's not B-headed. It's deheaded. Because if it was B-headed, you'd be adding another That's correct. Head. You're adding an extra head. That's right. He'd cut a lot of the torsos in half. Yep. Hence the uh, torso murderer uh, moniker. Moniker. So you wonder why he did that, right? So he'd cut them in pieces. I would like to know why. He'd cut them in uh, various pieces. Uh, and most of the victims, male victims, were actually castrated. Which Ew. you know what that means. I do know what that means. Yeah, that's not that's not anything to be. Uh, that's not pleasant. No. And the victims showed evidence of chemical treatments being applied to their bodies. What, like what? Yeah, you know different different types of chemicals to treat them. What? Like mumuf- mummifying them. Oh,
1: oh, oh! Not treat them like to help them get better, but but
0: to, to like make the bodies more something. I guess. Okay. But uh, yeah, so the victims were found after some of them were found after a considerable period of time. Some even. Uh, more than a year which of course made identification more uh you know difficult if you will okay so during that time of the official murders a gentleman by the name of Elliot Ness oh elliot ness i don't know if you've heard of him or not i have he held the position of public safety director of cleveland this, was this before or after the uh, al capone case Th- this was actually after that so he was a fa- he was world famous at this point yeah he had he actually had little to do with the investigation. You ever see was... that
1: movie, The Untouchables? It was a good movie
0: uh, with uh, with Kevin Costner and
1: uh, and uh, Sean Connery. Oh, I love Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah, he takes out a knife. You take out a gun. Do you mind defying shit here? Yeah. You put one of his in the hospital. You put one. You put on one of ball. his in the morgue.
0: That's the Chicago way.
1: That's anyway, a, a, the reason I bring it up was yes. number one, it was good. It was a Brian De Palma film. Yeah, good, good movie. Yeah. Andy Garcia was in it. Um, Robert De Niro famously put on a bunch of weight to play. Uh, Al Capone. But the most striking thing to me about that whole movie was the outfits. Mm. They had some styling ass
0: suits, man. Oh, yeah. They look great. What, what do you call those things? Uh, are they called shoe cuffs? Those things that go over the shoe? Oh, you know, yeah. It's like yeah, white, yeah, yeah, Like a doily that goes over the top of the shoe. I don't know what that is. It's to pro- what is protect that?
1: the shoe, or I don't know. It I know what so you're talking swanky, about. so swanky, though. I like that. Anyway, you know, uh, Armani, actually, Giorgio Armani provided the wardrobe for that movie. He did. So everybody looked smoking. Well, you're known for
0: your uh, knowledge of the fashion world. That's correct. I am a style aficionado. Yeah. So going back to Elliot Ness, if I will, he he, he did contribute to the arrest and interrogation of one of the prime suspects. And one of those suspects was a man by the name of Dr. Francis Sweeney. He was a doctor. As well as he was also involved in the demolition and the burning of the Kingsbury Run from which the killer took his name, or took his victims from, rather, and the name came from. Okay. It sounds like a bowling alley. Kingsbury Run. Let's go over to Kingsbury Run and throw a few uh, throw a few frames. So apparently, much like a lot of serial killers do, he taunted uh, taunted the detectives. Yeah, ta- they always
1: ta- we talked about that on a, on a previous show. Yeah. Why they always taunt the yeah, police because they
0: think they're smarter than, than law enforcement. Mm. Hey, they just they just captured a serial killer. Uh, yes, they did. Tampa. Yeah, down in Florida there. Seminole County. He only killed four people. Actually, he wasn't very bright. No, he, he was on camera color. a bunch of times. He was on camera. Only He, did, he shot his victims yeah. at the bus stop. Well, actually, did you hear where they, they caught him? I,
1: I, and I forget his name. I didn't prepare for this. But uh, he was found at his job at McDonald's. Well,
0: apparently he gave a gun to the manager. Yeah, he was working at McDonald's, and they found he had a gun, <laughs> and they called the police, and it turns out he's a serial killer. That's right. So as I said, the killer taunted Ness, and he placed the remains of two victims in full view of the office in City Hall. Wow, that's pretty ballsy. Office. That takes some. Yeah. Uh, eh. So on August twenty fourth, nineteen thirty nine, a Cleveland resident named Frank Dolezal, oh, not no relation to Rachel. Rachel Dolazol was arrested as a suspect in Florence Perillo's murder, who was a who was killed, obviously. Florence was mean, and he later died under suspicious circumstances at the Cuyahoga County Jail. Oh, I wonder what happened to them to him at the Cuyahoga County Jail. Uh he was he was killed. Right? Yeah, I see that he was uh, apparently that he was discovered to have six broken ribs uh oh he must have fallen different injuries yeah so so uh, he fall on a fist uh, so sounds times. like some jailhouse justice to me mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit more about frank sweeney let's or talk francis about francis doctor he was a doctor dr francis sweeney he was a veteran of world war 1 oh. so the old the, the trench warfare in the fields maybe of france he in- he inher- uh, inhaled a bunch of mustard gas yeah so he was assigned to a medical unit that conducted amputations And, you know, different uh, battlefield, uh, you know, uh, grossness, different things that they would do to take care of the wounded uh, on the battlefield. So Sweeney was uh, he was later personally interviewed by Mr. Ness, who, of course, as we know, was quite the intrepid investigator. You know, you know, the ironic thing about Elliot Ness is he died of alcoholism.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. And he was fighting prohibition. Well, the ironic, the,
1: the ironic thing about the whole investigation into Al Capone, one of the most notorious murderers of the, of his age, was that he was ultimately convicted of tax evasion,
0: as most people know, and died in prison of syphilis. That's right. Anyway. So Sweeney is said to have failed to pass two very early polygraph uh, testing machines, you know. You ever taken a polygraph? Uh, I haven't taken one, but I've, I've been in a classes where they've uh, implemented uh, their instruction. I've taken a polygraph on two occasions, mm. and I won't tell you why.
1: Ah, uh, very, very strange experience. I have to tell you, uh, and I don't understand the the science of it completely. Mm. And I think a lot of it is really the in, uh, the instinct of the person that's doing it. I I, I don't I don't know that it's one hundred percent infallible because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different factors. We won't talk about it in specific detail, but it's it's an interesting process to, to say the least.
0: So apparently Sweeney died in a veterans hospital in Dayton, Ohio, in nineteen sixty four. But he, they could never pin the murders on him. He was never uh, tried or convicted uh, of the murders at all and uh so he got he got away with murder. Why do they think it was him? Uh well, you know, they had uh they had some well, aside from the the polygraph that he failed mm. f- or failed to pass, right? Uh you know, they had some uh they had some uh, circumstantial evidence that led them to him. But, okay. But uh, they couldn't they couldn't they could never really pin it on him, so to speak. But yeah, so uh you know, the 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 the, the butcher, if you will, went around killing people, cutting them up, deheading them, beheading them. Sometimes they'd find the bodies. Sometimes they'd find no head. Sometimes they'd find pieces of torso. Yeah. They'd find uh, limbs floating down the river. So do
1: you think you know when, whenever there's a case like this, you have to wonder why they were why the person was dissecting the bodies? Was that something that they did uh, out of out of anatomical curiosity, as as maybe as a doctor would, uh, like Jack the Ripper? They assume mm. was had some sort of medical training, or is it just because they were it's easier to dispose of a body when it's in pieces. Rather than when
0: it's when it's a whole body, I think you answered your question. Uh, I think there are various reasons why people, different reasons why people do that. I think what strikes me the most about any serial killer, and I, I, I read into serial killers, and I like to learn about their little bit of minds, their mindset, is what makes them start killing people to begin with. Right. You know, usually it's a gradual process. Right. They, they yeah. Uh, they start doing things. They start pushing the envelope a little bit more. Well, there's usually a precipitating
1: event of some kind mm. that that leads them down that path. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good. So I think we're at the halfway part of the show, and we're, we're going to completely go away from this topic for a little
0: while. Oh, we're we're, we're diverting off the rails here
1: because uh, you know what? You know uh, we are in where we're in late November now, but we are at the start of the Christmas season. Christmas season, you know, put people putting up the trees, yep, the lights and things. Yep. So we're going to have a, an interesting halfway show, half halftime show. That's right. We should just start calling it the halftime show because we do it at the halftime. You know, we do a lot of different things at the halftime. We point. do, and, and and people seem to enjoy the variety. You know, if we did the same thing every week, no one would like it. Yep. So we do different things. And today we're gonna we're gonna do something associated with Christmas songs. Yay, Christmas songs! Here's the intro.
0: Trees. The house with lights at night. All right, so that intro goes right into what we're going to be doing today. All right, why don't you explain it? So, not only do we love Christmas, not only do we love Christmas music, Christmas songs, but we like rap music. Yeah, we do. Yeah, as as could as could be evidenced by the in, the great intro by the great Run DMC. Yes. Uh, R- widely considered to be one of the first successful hip hop bands. Yeah, you know Run DMC. Uh, you know their DJ Jam Master J... Never got the props he deserved in the title. It was Run DMC. Not yeah, but everybody knows Jam Master J. Yeah, he got he was killed tragically. I was gonna say, didn't he die recently? Yeah. Since fairly recently. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some uh we're gonna take some Christmas songs mm-hmm. and we're gonna put our own little twist on it. It's kind of like a little rap battle. Yeah. So you're gonna take a song and you're gonna turn it into a a rapping Christmas uh, ballad. Does the other person have to guess what it is, or are we just, we're just gonna roll with it and, and just just present it as it is? All right. You, yeah, we'll we'll present it, and the other person will attempt to guess it. Well, it's gonna be pretty easy, but we'll we'll, we'll go with that. All right. So Mike is gonna go first. Here we go. All and right. he's gonna he's gonna do it. All right. Do you right. need a beatbox, or how do you want to do this? You want a beatbox for you? Yeah. Why don't you beatbox? Because that would add all a little right. bit of flavor to the all whole right, thing. Right, let's see if I can do this.
1: Okay, ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, i really can't stay baby it's cold outside i gotta go away baby it's cold outside this evening been really hoping you drop in so very nice i'll hold your nice there just like ice my mother will start to worry be over in a hurry my father will be pacing the floor listen the fireplace roar but better be scurry people be beautiful please don't hurry. maybe be, be a drink one more put yeah. some records on while i pour oh. yeah
0: Oh man, that
1: was pretty good. That was good. <laughs> well, what, what is that? That's "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Oh, you know the famous duet. Ju- Baby,
0: it's cold you know, outside.
1: Interesting thing about that song it's yeah. actually it's actually uh we we refer to it in my home as the date rape song How because is that? well the man is he's clearly not taking no for an answer from this poor woman who's just trying to leave his apartment in the middle of a snowstorm. He won't let her go. He's plying her with a, adult beverages mm. to make it, you know. Uh, impossible for her to leave. He's impairing her judgment. He won't let her go. He's touching her hands. What is going on here? Yeah, I don't know. He needs to be investigated. This man it sounds like it. Anyway, that was good. Thank you. I like that. All right. All right.
0: I think I'm up. Okay.
1: So you're gonna go next.
0: I'm gonna do it. You mean on beatbox? Yeah. Give me something. Bo. Oh, yeah. Give me a beat, baby. What you got? Uh, 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 uh. A thrill of hope, the weary, rejoice rejoices, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angels' voices, oh night divine, oh night when Christ was born. Night divine, oh night, oh night divine, night divine, oh night, 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 night divine. A thrill of hope, the weary, row rejoices, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh holy night, oh holy night, oh holy night, oh holy night. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> Oh, holy night. Yeah, Yay, I guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! All right, that was good. All oh, right, which one are you gonna do now? Oh, don't tell me. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm
1: ready to go. Are we doing one more each? Yeah. All right. All right. Hopefully, we're not making everybody angry. All right. So, uh,
0: all right. I guess think of a new beat. Okay. Think of a new beat. Boom. The boom. The boom. the boom. Come, they told me, but rum bum bum A newborn king just see, but rum bum bum A finest gifts we bring, but rum bum
1: To labor for the king, but rum bum bum Rump-bum-bum, ba-rum-bum-bum To honor him, ba-rum-bum-bum When we come, but rum bum bum Little baby, but rum bum I'm a poor boy too, ba-rum-bum-bum I got no gift to bring, そこで- oh, just... so so but rum bum to two- yeah, I mean it. the king Ba-rum-bum-bum, pay for you, my drum
0: Oh, little drummer boy All right! <laughs> ha. All right, so we got one more. One more. Here we go. This one, you might be able to get this one. Okay, we go. All right, give me a slow little beat, baby. Uh. Uh i'm oh, dreaming of a white christmas just like the ones i used to know where the treetops glisten and children listen to so hear sleigh bells in the snow i'm dreaming of a white christmas with every christmas card i write may your days be berry not buried, but bright berry and bright may all your christmases be white be white 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 white, white, white. all right stop collaborate and listen this is back with a snowy invention yeah I gotta be white. <laughs> white Christmas! You got it. Yay! Oh, man, that
1: was good. You know, I hope everybody else in the in, in, in the audience enjoyed that as much as we like doing it. I think they
0: appreciate the the rhythmic nature of that. Uh, well, let me just, uh, you know,
1: slight uh, uh, public service. There was no, no rehearsal on that. Nope, none. We didn't even prepare for that at all. No. We had the lyrics, and we just kind of went with it. Kind of went with it. You know, we're really talented people. You know... We should be more famous than we are. And we're ugly, though. That's the problem. Well... I don't know about that. I don't know. We've, we've both been able to attract uh, wives, mm. and, uh, and uh, people don't run when we walk down the street. They don't no, run from that's, us. That's true. That's true. Maybe oh. we're not as unattractive as you think we are. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we, should we move back to our topics we now should. that we're done let's, with the Christmas let's show? Let's get
0: back onto the mysterious murders and deaths and things.
1: Okay, so uh, now that we get some silliness out of the way, I'm going to talk about something that has a slight uh, slightly downturn, and that's because... Uh, this involves the death of a child, which is never funny. No, not fun. Um, but this is an interesting case. And the reason I wanted to bring it up today is because a lot of people don't know about it. And it's it's an enduring mystery, f- actually, from recently mm-hmm. that uh, the, some, a lot of people, like I said, might not know. October 8th, 2009, so fairly recently. Yes. The Jameson family, 44-year-old Bobby Dale Jameson, 40-year-old Sherry Jameson, and 6-year-old Madison Jameson went missing. They were last seen alive when they're out looking for property that they were planning to to buy outside of Eufaula, Oklahoma, Mm. this is down in Oklahoma, nine days later, their pickup truck was found abandoned. Okay. Pickup truck found abandoned young young family. So they went missing. The vehicle contained all of the Jameson's personal belongings, including their dog, which was incredibly malnourished, but was still alive. Oh, he was alive. Yep. So after, after being missing for several days, the dog was alive. Uh, and actually, I did some follow-up, and the dog is still... Well, I don't know. At last check, he was still okay. Okay. So he's still around. Their cell phones were inside inside the vehicle, along with their wallets, their IDs, and a bag with $32,000 in cash in it. Just in the vehicle? In the vehicle. Oh. The remains were not found until four years later, when two hunters found them in an isolated area. Mm. Um, so, and it was several miles away from where the truck was found. So... Because the bodies had been in the in the ex, exposed to the elements for so long for four years, yep. it was impossible to determine a cause of death. They were all found together, so there was no like uh tr- you know blunt force trauma. That no, they well you could couldn't tell. They, they it could, was hard to tell. they correct. So there's several theories that try to figure out you know what happened to this family. So uh, obviously one of the first things that comes to mind is probably because your, you're a trained investigator mm. would be the fact that they had a large sum of money on them. Who 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 drives around with thirty two thousand dollars in cash? Do you do that? Uh, I have some in my pocket. If you did, I would speak. rob you. So it was suspected that maybe the family was involved with drugs. Mm-hmm. And there's another reason for that here that i will get to in a moment. Um, well, actually, so the adults, the, the adults in the family had been seen emaciated and looking weird before they had disappeared, leading many to believe that they were involved in drugs like, like met, uh, methamphetamine uh, yeah, or something yeah, like that. that's big down there. Here's a second theory involved. It involved uh, the father's father, Bobby's father, Bob Jameson. His name was Bob, too. A lot of Bobs down there Ooh, in Oklahoma. Hey, Billy Bob's, yeah. So, Bob, Bobby, the kid, had sued his parents over a property that he claimed was that he owned after working at the family business. It became really heated and stuff. And the Jamesons had to get a protective order against Bob Jameson because he had twice threatened to kill them. Yep. And he was known as a bad guy, the, the father, uh, Bob Jameson. And actually, there were some rumors that he was involved in the Mexican Mafia. You ever hear the Mexican Mafia? Uh, Would that be... Well, yeah, I have. I don't know the official name. La M.A. Oh. Anyway, so, however, at the time of the disappearance, uh, Bob, the, Bob Sr. was sick and not physically able to, to kill anybody. He mm-hmm. was like uh, resting and convalescing. I see. From some sort of prolonged illness. But here's, here's where it gets, uh, obviously, it's not, a, it's not a, a funny thing at all to have a family of three die. But here's an interesting theory about how it may have happened mm-hmm. and how it relates to our show. So there's some there's some theory that the family was involved with cults, witchcraft, and evil spirits. And I'm going to get into that. Okay. So during the initial investigation, before the bodies were found, so they're just missing at this point, mm-hmm. the family's pastor, Gary Brandon, told police that the, Jameson, the Jamesons had been involved in spiritual warfare. Both Bobby and Sherilyn claimed to have seen spirits in their home belonging to a family who had died long ago. Hmm. Daughter Madison, who was the, the, little, the little girl... Claimed to speak with the spirit of a child who had died in the home. Bobby actually asked his pastor for special bullets to shoot the spirits with. Whoa. And he claimed that he consulted with a satanic Bible. Like bullets soaked in holy water? Yeah. Whoa. And he claimed to consult a satanic Bible to exercise the property. So he's probably going about this the wrong way at this yeah. point. He's thinking about ways that he can shoot ghosts with special bullets. Sounds to me like somebody's
0: yeah, they're kind of losing their Yeah,
1: and he's and he, he's using a satanic Bible to to uh, you know to exercise it doesn't usually work well. Uh and the mother was also very interested in witches and she and a friend had bought witches bibles supposedly as a joke which the police found when searching the Jameson property. The friend's name was Mickey Shenhold. Oh, Mickey. Nikki. It's Nikki. Nikki right? or Mickey? It's Nikki. Oh, okay. Uh, so supposedly Nikki was Sherilyn's best friend and said that and but actually said that the house was haunted, the Jameson house was haunted. She said, once I was in the living room and this sort of gray mist descended down the stairs. It really scared me. Uh, this is what she, she told to a paper. She also said that uh, the husband, Bobby, who was usually a gentle a gentle soul, once came after her with eyes completely dead and black like he was possessed. Oh, And the woman would leave notes around the house that said things like, get out, Satan, hmm. things like that. So after the family disappeared... And uh, they were looking for him. The investigators, as I said, they, they visited the Jameson property, did a search. They found written on the wall of a container on their property a message, a very strange message, that said, three cats killed to date by people in this area. Witches don't like their black cats killed. What does that mean? So they were witches. Well, that's what you would think, right? Yeah. They, they they were identifying as witches right, at, right. at some point. So obviously this is a, there's an occult aspect to this. Sure. So Sherilyn's mother, the missing woman's mother, was questioned. She blamed a cult for the murders. She wouldn't say which cult it was, but she said that they operated in southwest Oklahoma. Um, so no one's quite sure what she meant by that. Is that. Can I, can yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: add a theory? Is it possible sure. that they were just obviously either drug-induced or mentally deficient for some reason? Yeah they went out into the wilderness and just wandered off into the countryside yeah i mean and it's possible and, and di- unfortunately they exposure. had a little they
1: had a little girl with them and it, and uh if as you said or maybe maybe they overdosed and died and the, the little girl unfortunately she can't go anywhere by herself she's going to stay with her parents right and she's going to die of exposure or or, or dehydration yeah, i mean all three were found together they were all found together there was no evidence of foul play right uh, all the stuff was found in their truck you would think if it was a uh you know a. Some sort of occult
0: murder. They would have taken the money. They would have take, yeah, they would have definitely taken something. I or heard.
1: they would have they would have staged it in some sort of occult manner, which none of that was none right. of that was evident. Right. So, so you're probably right. It, it probably was a case where either drugs or, or mental illness or both played a
0: part. in, in these, these is this the one where there's a surveillance video of of them packing up their yeah, truck that's correct.
1: Them? There is there's a surveillance video, and they're seen kind of moving trance like through yeah. the uh, uh, through the video, Just back and forth. Also yeah. strange, they found on the cell phone of the of the husband. Uh, they found a picture that was supposedly time-stamped the, the day of the disappearance showing the little girl. Mm-hmm. And to many who look at it, and I don't know, I've looked at it a few times, it's, it, it shows the girl looking terrified. It yeah. doesn't look terrified to me. It looks like a little girl maybe playing or, or doing – it's tough to tell by one right. picture. But some people point to that as evidence that there was foul
0: play involved because who took the picture – uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of weird where things. Was, did, could they tell where the picture was taken, like by the background and stuff, or no? It was
1: Yeah, it was in the woods. So they figure it was taken right before whatever happened to them happened. And the fa- that's the phone was found in the vehicle? Correct. Okay. But so they were found a few miles away from the right. vehicle. So you say, well, how the, you, your first instinct was probably correct. They probably wandered away from their vehicle without any supplies or anything, and then sure. unfortunately died. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, it's sad and tragic and uh, unsolved to this day. Yes, but I th- I think it's funny not funny I think it's interesting the the whole paranormal aspect of it because people people try to find an excuse for everything and they're they're trying to pin it on in this case some people are trying to pin it on occult uh, uh, events and things like that and you're like I-, I don't know where they
0: get all that from sure but who knows all right so I'm going to talk a little bit about the mysterious death of Charles Chuck Morgan Chuck Morgan sounds like a cool dude Charles Morgan isn't it's, that a sounds uh, like you'd hang out with him at an the investment the, company at the bowling Charles Schwab. Oh, Charles Schwab. I'd hang out with Chuck at the bowling alley. I know a Chuck. We know a Chuck. A nice guy yeah, too. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, he knows a lot more about recording things than I do. He does. He's a good dude. So Chuck Morgan was forty three. He was a uh, you know a successful businessman. Uh, he was the president of his own escrow agency. What the hell's escrow anyway? Uh, I can never they, figure that. It's out. It's when they hold
1: money for hold real money estate for transactions reason, right? and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's so that they hold. Like, you, I'm not going to get into
0: it. It's, compli- it's not complicated, but it's, it's financial stuff, and I don't want to get into it. Yeah, I'm not good with numbers or money. Or anything. So he was also a, uh, a potential witness in a state land fraud case involving a known crime boss of the of the time. Crime boss. On March 22nd, 1977, he left his uh, home in there, Tucson, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Philadelphia, and PA. Was that a song? That, that's that song? Steve Miller. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So he drove his, uh, he was driving his two daughters off to school. After dropping them off, he vanished. Oh. Disappeared into, th- into thin air. Nobody knows what happened to How him. How come nobody disappears into thick air? It's tough to disappear into thick air. It's too Apparently. thick. You get, you stuck, can't, you get can't caught disappear. up here. People will see you. So three days after his uh, his mysterious disappearance, he arrived home. Oh. He arrived back home. He's home. And his wife probably thought he was off running around with some, you some know, bimbo. Some ladies of the night. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, according to his wife, Ruth. He was missing a shoe. He had a plastic handcuff around one ankle. He had his (laughs) hands tied together with a plastic zip tie. Well, you know, sometimes that happens at my house, but for completely different reasons. It happened, yeah. You wander off, you come back all tied up, disheveled. consensual. He couldn't speak, but with a pen and paper, he wrote down that he had been kidnapped and tortured, which sounds... He couldn't speak. To me, it sounds like an elaborate ruse by Chuck to cover up the fact that he was out doing some sexual escapade. Yeah. It sounds sounds ill-thought-out, actually. Apparently, he... Uh, he also said that a hallucinogenic drug had been painted on his throat. <laughs> what? That's what he said. How do you paint something on someone's throat? He claimed that this drug would drive either drive him insane or kill him if he ingested it. So it's on his throat, but he can't. So that's why he can't talk. He can't talk. He can't eat anything either, I would have to imagine. Yeah. He asked his wife, uh, old Paul Ruthie, to move his car, but he didn't want them, in quotes to know that he had returned home. How's so he telling her all this if he can't he's talk? He's writing it all oh, down. Oh, got writing it down. He's got a little big pen and a little pad there, okay. and he's writing it all down. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't tell her who they were. So apparently... He you was, figured he'd want to tell her who they he were. Was, he was running from somebody. He also told her, of course, don't call the police. Don't call the police. Don't, don't. involve the authorities, because the rest of the family will be in complete uh, and utter jeopardy. Oh. Yep. Okay. So for a week... <clears throat> sounds very plausible. Ruth, the loyal and gullible wife that she is... Nursed Chuck back to health. Excuse me, by feeding him with an eyedropper. (laughs) Wow! Because his throat was all messed up. Dedication, right there. So before his voice returned, he began to allude to a secret identity that he was leading some sort of secret life. That he that he was working as an agent for a federal government. I've used that line on women too. (laughs) Was fighting organized crime. You know that reminds me of a story. Uh, one time when Mike and I and a couple of our other friends were down in Texas, mm. we're down in old San Antonio, Texas. What a wonderful town! At San Antonio It was a great town, you know. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of men in their early twenties did this. Yeah, where they would uh, they would feign a, a, a life, they would make up a life, a different life of their own, yep. and make up names. Yep, and to uh, try to impress women. Folk. To try to impress women. So we're at a local establishment, yep. hanging out, having fun, having a couple of adult beverages. And we had a we had a story. All 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 worked up before we even went in there yep didn't we
1: yes we did we were actually we we were going to represent ourselves as a minor league hockey team right and uh we we did this so that we would have a reason because we none of us were from there no and we were younger and athletic
0: yeah and and uh, and we wanted to you know we wanted to wheel some chicks so we said we were uh we we were going to tell people we were playing we played for the san bernardino thunder which was a made-up team i think and uh we all had different names so one of my friends uh his name is uh well, we won't reveal his real name for the for the time being. For, for the for the protection of the innocent. But he went by the he went by the handle Frank Carpano. <laughs> and for those of you that live in the area, Frank Carpano was a local sportscaster. Frank Carpano. But we're in Texas, so nobody knows Frank. Nobody down there. knew who would that be, right? So in the midst of talking to these young ladies, they were buying our story, hook, line, and sinker. Everybody was down. They were ready for. They uh, were ready to get some free tickets. We're getting ready to go back to the hotel suite. Yep. And uh, so I went up to Frank Carpano. And unbeknownst to me, and not paying attention, and aware of the situation I was in, and I called him by his real name. So you single-handedly destroyed the ruse. I ruined it. So the girl caught on. She caught on. She said, "Why did you just call him that?" And I said, "Uh, that's his middle name." <laughs> and immediately they knew he was. we like were to all be full called of, Frank. We're he all likes f- to be called by his middle name. We're all full of crap. And uh, and then our, our 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 story slowly began to <laughs> disintegrate <laughs> slowly. And we went home rapidly only with each other. Rapidly devolved. That's right. Anyway, yeah. So, so we're getting back to Chuck here. We're right? getting back to Chuck. So after his kidnapping, obviously, he became justifiably paranoid. Sure. He didn't know what was going on. He began wearing a bulletproof vest every day. He also started driving his daughters to and from school. He informed the school that nobody else should be allowed to pick them up. Two months after his initial disappearance, guess what? What happened? Chuck vanished again. He went again? Yep. Okay. Shortly before his second disappearance, he told his father that if anything were to happen to him, there was a letter he had written that would tell him who was responsible. That letter was never found. So there was a letter explaining, and it was never found. That's right. And this is where it gets starts to get even more weird. If How does it even, get weirder than that? you can even imagine. No. So nine days after his second disappearance, an unidentified woman called old Ruth. Uh-oh. And said, Chuck is all right. I'm quoting now. And she uh, referenced a Bible passage. Okay. Ecclesiastics 12, 1 through it's 8. Ecclesiastes. And I'm going to read it as it. Ecclesiastics as it is. is a class that you failed in, cl- in college. What, what is it? It's Ecclesiastes. That's not, what it, that's not what it says here. That's how you say it. Oh. So you, it's a, the last C is silent? It's not Ecclesiastics. That's what it says, man. That's a course in college. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth... And it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. I have no idea what any of that. What means. does that mean? <clears throat> no idea. <clears throat> the Bible is good at putting quotes out there that sound ominous. Sound very yes. But you don't know what the hell they mean. Don't know anything. All subject to interpretation. So two days later, Chuck was found shot to death in the desert. Uh oh. Despite the fact that he was found wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> it's not it didn't funny. work. Why are you laughing? <laughs> he had been shot once in the back of the head with a bullet from a 357 Magnum, which was lying beside his dead body. So he was wearing a bulletproof vest, so he was shot in the back of the head. That's right. Got it. So in his car, because there was an investigation. Sure. The police found a note that had directions to the crime scene written in his handwriting. So he, okay, so he, he was going to meet somebody <clears throat> for some sort of surreptitious meeting. Sounds like it. A pair of sunglasses was also found that did not belong to him. Maybe he bought them on the way at a gas station. That's you ever buy gas station sunglasses? He was, you know what he was doing? He was trying to buy those, uh, those glasses with the mustache built in, like a little disguise. So he didn't look, yes, yes. So strangely, listen to this. Okay. Chuck had a clip. Had, he had clipped a $2 bill inside of his underwear. And, you know, $2 what? bills are rare as it is. <laughs> hey, I'm not making this up. This is real. Written on the $2 bill was seven Spanish names from the letters A to G. Okay. And Ecclesiastes 12 was written. Was it the same the With same the verses Bible 1 verse? through 8 marked by arrows drawn on the bill's serial number. So the same message that the woman called about That's right. was on his $2 bill. It was in his undies. That's correct. Interesting. On the back of the bill, the signers of the Declaration of Independence were numbered 1 through 7. Also, a crude map was drawn, which shows several roads between Tucson and the Mexican border. It sounds like, like a National Treasure movie starring Nicolas Cage. He would have to come in and decipher all this. Yeah, what is that? National Treasure? I just said that. Oh. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> Two days... Two days after Chuck's death, an anonymous woman spoke to an officer for the Pima County Sheriff's Department on the telephone. Mm. She called them. She was taunting them. She claimed that he was supposed to meet her at a local motel shortly before he died. And this must have been the This hooker. is the woman that he was yes. shacking up with. She claimed that her name was Green Eyes. Mm. This is weird. This could be a movie. I was going to say, this is this, this sounds could be a like, lifetime, lifetime movie. This sounds very strange, the whole thing. So apparently Green Eyes was the same woman that called uh, Ruth several days earlier. Green Eyed Lady. She also claimed that at the motel, Chuck showed her a briefcase containing several thousands of dollars in cash. Several thousand or several thousands? Several thousand dollars. He said that the money would buy him out of a gang contract that had been put on his life. Apparently it didn't work. Oh. Despite the bizarre evidence. That's some bizarre evidence. Authorities ruled that Morgan committed suicide. So. Excuse me? Oh yeah. He shot himself in the back of the head? That's what they said. Have you ever seen someone shoot themselves in the back of the head? That's hard to do. Well, he had a bulletproof vest on. He couldn't shoot himself in the chest. That's true. Right? But in the back of the head. But how could he do the back? Why would you do the back of the head? You know, I,
1: I suppose that there is a way you could do it if you wanted to make it look like you were murdered. Maybe mm. this whole thing is a, was a scam for him to uh, commit suicide and then make it seem like he was murdered
0: so that his wife could get like some sort of insurance settlement or something. I don't know. But his wife, of course, you know Ruth believed her husband. Poor Ruthie. She thought he was being targeted, so she hired a guy named Don Devereaux. Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. Because they both believed he was murdered. So, uh, you know, because the investigators... Thought the death was not a suicide. Right. Three weeks after his death, two men claiming to be uh, FBI agents, possibly men in black, who knows, arrived at at the Morgan home, and they told Ruth that they had to look through the house. And stupid Ruth. She did it. Apparently, she's not very bright. She let them in with no warrant or anything. She just let them rummage around the house. No identification. Nope. Well, they she showed her, they showed her a, a badge, but they quickly just flashed it. Of course. So she couldn't read it. They tore through her house. That's what I do while. when I pretend to be a police officer. It's unknown whether or not they actually found anything or not. But they left her panty drawer in dismay. Disarray. Disarray and dismay. And dismay. (laughs) Nice. So, of course, they contacted the FBI agents and uh, FBI, and they they said, oh, we don't have any agents over there in the area. I don't think I'd want to see inside a Ruthie's underwear drawer. It's probably not very nice. I guess the the long or short of it is it's a a mysterious, uh, interesting story, to say the least. That's a crazy story. And you know Uh, what? How come that's not more famous well, you know, it happened in the seventies. Right there. there were a lot of hallucinogens going around back then, <laughs> so uh, no, no one really knows. It's more than likely he was involved in some sort of, uh, you know, organized crime sure. situation where he was, you know, he was either laundering money, yep. or he was, he was, he was, uh, you know, scam, scheming, he was skimming, skimming, yes. skimming money off the top yep. of uh, of some local crime boss, and uh, he basically pissed somebody off, yeah, because. You know that stuff doesn't just happen to the normal everyday Joe. Usually, no. I mean, sometimes, so, but. but but do you buy the whole the initial
1: kidnapping thing where he showed up at ho- like if if the organized crime group is going to kidnap you, you pretty much stay
0: kidnapped. Yeah, I don't see how he would have escaped. I think he I think he uh, may have um, embellished not not embellished, but maybe he staged that part of the story. Yeah. To uh, and then know, eventually caught up with him. It did catch up with him. Poor uh, Chuck and his his hallucinogenic paste or whatever it was that was <laughs> on his throat. Why did he? Why did he? Why did he clip a $2 bill to his underwears? I don't know. That's Have you ever seen the $2 bill? I've, interesting. I've seen $2 bills. Do you yeah. see them in circulation anymore? Uh, every once in a while, they'll pop up. Yeah? How yeah. much are they worth now? Uh, $2. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I always thought the $2 bill was very, uh, was, yeah. was an enigmatic uh, denomination of money. Well, actually, I'm, I'm glad my son doesn't listen to this program because I gave him a, uh,
1: I gave him a, a John F. Kennedy 50-cent piece mm. a while back, and he thinks it's worth a lot of money, and it's worth 50 cents. mm so hopefully he doesn't he doesn't ever find out that it's, it's Do worth. you know what a
0: silver certificate is? Uh was that a certificate that was in in lieu of silver at some point? So it was actually a, a money, paper money, um but it, it actually said silver certificate on it and if you looked at it so you could use it as a regular money. Right. But it said the bearer uh, I'm I'm just I'm trying to remember this. The bearer of this note um shall be paid in silver. So you basically what you could do is you could take that silver certificate, bring it to the to an establishment, that, yep. and, and you could cash it in for actual silver. Well, isn't it true
1: that all money up until the Nixon administration, I think it was, uh, until we were taken off the gold standard. That would have been FDR did that to FDR. us. FDR. Yeah. You could actually go with any money to to a bank or to the, to the National Reserve or someplace, Federal Reserve, I should say, mm. and actually get gold for that money. So yep. like, whatever money was in
0: circulation, there was actually gold to back that up. That is not the case anymore. No, actually, an FDR made it illegal for people to own gold. Like really, so, yeah. Over a certain amount, you could not own gold. How did how, how do you do that? <laughs> because he was a tyrant. That's why. Seriously. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any money on me right now? Well, you know, in general, I'm not telling you. Are you a wealthy man? Uh,
1: no, no, no. Well, you know what? This program I think is gonna is gonna skyrocket at some point. Yeah. You know, all it takes is the right person to hear the show. Mm. One person. To hear the show or, or to tell somebody else about it and then they hear the show and then, you know, we'll be world famous before you know it. You know, I got
0: to got to tell you, though, you know, the, the listeners that we do have. Oh, they're great. Oh, absolutely. The most loyal people you've ever you'd ever want to know. And,
1: and it's true. And you hear, we hear from them on a regular basis and we're really appreciative of everyone who the, listens to the program. You know, there's
0: a lot of them out there. Um, but just to make people feel special, mm-hmm. there is somebody out in, I think it's Boardman, Oregon. Is it Oregon or Oregon? It's Oregon. They, li- they listen. They listen all the time. I can check it. I can go right online. I Do can we know see who it. they are? I don't know who they are. Well, thank you, whoever you I are. I don't know where they're listening. I don't know what they're doing when they're listening. Send us an email from Borden, Oregon. Hopefully, they're enjoying it. Oregon. And uh, if that's you out there, if you're getting this, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I find interesting about our listener
1: behaviors. We get a lot of listens to our program when it first comes out, like mm. the first couple of days. So that means a lot of people that are voracious, they want to devour the next episode of yeah. the Beyond Project. But then... There's a there's a lull, and then right before we do the next episode, a few listens trickle in. So I'm not sure what that pattern indicates. I've noticed that it, that on Sundays it peaks Sundays, as well. yeah, a lot of people listen on Sunday, or they download it on Sundays. The for Lord's the week. Day. I know that some people I know some people listen to the
0: program uh, who travel a lot, and they listen in their cars or things like that. So uh, it helps. actually, the Sunday thing makes sense. You know, people get up early, they go to church. Yep, they listen on the way to church. Yeah, and then they want to cleanse themselves of, exactly of any any uh, adherence that we they, put uh, on them. accept the Holy Spirit, yep. and then they uh, get back in the car and go home.
1: Well, we talked about some mysterious things today. We're about out of time, and we did, we did have some more that we will probably save for another day. Uh, but this, so, you know, I, I'm astounded by the the amount of unsolved crimes that mm. there are. There's literally. Thousands of unsolved crimes that happen all the time. That's right, and we never know what happens. There's a
0: lot of mysteries out there. A lot of mysteries. A lot of mysteries. That's why Much we do like the show. My life is a mystery, mm. and uh, your life as well. And uh, let's wrapping it up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just so everyone
1: is aware, and, and don't panic. The website is still down. Still down. And the reason that it's down is because I know nothing about website maintenance, and our website sucked real mm. bad, and I didn't like it, and I didn't feel it was well representative of this program. So if you uh, would like to help out with the web management of this program. Drop us a note. Sure. Uh, we do have a domain name, but uh, we don't have a site. So uh, I'm looking for options as to how we can move forward with a, a better site. And of course, we're on the the uh, the Twitter. Yeah, we are on the Twitter all the time, uh, mm-hmm. interacting with some
0: very famous people. Yeah, uh, recently. Yeah, that has. And you know, we did the uh, one of the most uh, popular programs that we did was the uh, the whiskey tasting. Yes. So I think I think we're going to go back. We're, we're going to revisit a similar. Uh, uh, you know, thing we're gonna do a a local ale oh, tasting, ale beers, and lager, things. lagers, and we're gonna do with local uh, breweries. So if you're a local, uh you know, aficionado of brews, yeah. microbrews, it's, let us know, or you want to join us, let us know. We'll put, yeah, we'll put a list together and uh, we'll get the word out there, and we'll do that too at some. Maybe point. we'll rent a bus so that none of us have to drive. Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: I don't know how we're gonna get this whole production team from the Eon Project on a bus, but we'll try.
0: We got a lot of them. Hey, be quiet back there. Stop it. <laughs> Okay. So until next time, we'll be back again with a new and exciting episode. So just remember, truth exists. Believe it.